This is Headshots, a mind-blowing exploration of gaming and psychology. With your hosts, Josue Cardona, an engineer-turned-mental-health and ed-tech guru, and psychologist and game scholar, Dr. Kelly Dunlap. Alright, so today we're going to talk about virtual reality, specifically sexual harassment, sexual assault in virtual reality. And I do want to start off by saying that this conversation makes absolutely perfect sense because we've spent, we and a lot of other people have spent years talking about all the benefits of virtual reality because of how realistic and how immersive it is. So I don't understand how anybody could possibly deny then the opposite being possible. So to me, this makes perfect sense. And I wouldn't want to have this conversation with anybody but you, Kelly. Oh, well, thank you. I'm yep. happy I can be your, be your, your female touchstone for this episode. I'd, I'd go into it, but, I, you know, it's, it's better if I, have, if I have you here. Well, just I in think general. It's for both of us. Yeah, yeah well, in general. Also in general. Yeah. <laughs> so as, as, as we mentioned, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, sexual harassment and sexual assault. So as always, disclaimer, if that's a sensitive subject for you, you might want to um, maybe pass on this episode and go find something a little bit more lighthearted like Black Mirror. Now, I've, you know, in, in recent episodes... I think I've been more negative about VR and and not negative in the sense of like it's horrible just in how how I've had um feelings of discomfort uh feelings of feeling vulnerable uh feelings of anxiety when playing and it's it's way more than than anything I've felt playing you know non VR games and and before I I got my VR headset I was concerned about that a little and it's definitely come come to pass as I've been playing and I don't think I talk about enough about how awesome it is <laughs> at least not on the show not yet but it, it continues to be fantastic I love VR but but this is definitely an important topic uh, to talk about and specifically what, what sparked this conversation probably what we'll, we'll spend the, the bulk of it on is um, an article that uh, was written do you have the the title of the article and the author and all that well, there were there were two ones that we wanted to address, but they're on the, the on the same topic. So one was called uh, "VR Developers Add Superpower to Their Game to Fight Harassment," and that was printed out or rather written by Kotaku in response to the um, the other article on Mike M I C, which is "I Was Sexually Assaulted in Virtual Reality," and this is a big effing problem. So yeah. these two just really dovetail together to kind of create the the bulk of this episode. Yeah, and it's funny because the it, it's it's like the circle, right? It's a story that 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 we saw play out little by little. And the first, uh, it was actually a Medium post that um, what's her name Jordan Jordan. Oh, why did I mess up? What's her name? Jordan Bellemeyer wrote on Medium, and then she it, it was picked up, right? Um, and then in other places, it was posted as my first virtual reality groping. So because maybe her title was too controversial, I don't know. But it it got a lot of it got a lot of uh, coverage. The these two articles, it was her um, just sharing her experience of playing this game called 
Quiver, we believe it's called Quiver, like Q-U-I-V-R, and, uh, and, and what her experience was like, because to her, it was really weird and unexpected. And then the developers reacted to that and, and wrote this other article and actually made some changes to the game. So I guess the, the best place to start is a little bit about Quiver. Uh, it's a kind of a tower defense style game where you use bows and arrows. So there's really no reason for anybody to touch you in this game for any reason whatsoever. Uh, it's, yeah. But what happened is uh, <laughs> she was in the game and she closed it at three minutes. Three minutes in virtual reality before somebody came up to her and started reached out his virtual avatar hands towards her breasts and also to her genital region and started rubbing which sounds t- terrifying and and grotesque and and pretty awful actually and to paint a picture the so it's a multiplayer game they're both actual people playing this game but you're at your house with a headset on right and two controllers one in each hand and but what you're seeing the other player is essentially like it's not a full complete body. This game at this point was in pre-alpha. The, the bodies may have um, more detail, but right now they're disembodied hands, right? They're floating hands. Yeah, and, and, a, and a disembodied a helmet. Torso. Yeah, yeah. So it's very basic body, but you do have these hands and you're controlling them free form. And I know this is something that, you know, if you've, if you've played... Like let's Halo, for example, right? Halo doesn't give you the option to let go of the gun and move your hands everywhere, right? You're always right. in this stationary position, even though you're in first person. So it doesn't matter how much you try to get in somebody's face with like, you're just poking them with a gun, you know, and everybody's in the same exact position. So there's nothing, you know, the most you can do in something like Halo or first person shooter is like the tea closest bag. thing to exactly is teabagging somebody. The closest thing you can get to a <laughs> some sort of sexual harassment or assault in, in a game where you're so where the you have no flexibility really in terms of how you can move or position your body. But then in VR, of course, that, that completely changes because you can stretch your arms out and you may be in front of me and now I can, you know, put my hand wherever. And, and that's what's happening, right? She's just playing this game and this guy comes up to her and just, you know, floating hand. And then this is, this is uh, it, it's a weird feeling to have this visual of things passing through your body and not being able to feel it physically in 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 the literal sense right because so i remember when i was playing star trek bridge crew i there was this um i I had picked a male avatar but then it glitched out and when i came back in it chose a female avatar for me and i remember looking down at my own body and i had a female body with breasts and a short skirt and it was like uh, it was like a weird uh, feeling to look down at my body and it looked so different. And I had proportions that were not um, I wasn't used to, you know, but still it's it's your body because, you know, you're looking down at it and you're moving your your arms. So there is like this this slight uh, disconnect, but it also feels real, like you're completely immersed. You're moving your head around and you feel like it's your body. So. There's also this other weird feeling in VR when you're kind of like you reposition yourself and you suddenly move through a chair or you move through an object and your head is in the middle of it. Like 
there's all this stuff that happens uh, in VR that's kind of hard to explain, but the sense of presence is is real. And in the article that she wrote, there was she described how this was one of the better VR uh, experiences she's ha- she's had because it looks so real. And she talked about how her 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 fear of heights was kicking in when she looked over this really tall ledge. And I can completely relate to that feeling. You know, you can, even though you know it's not real, so much, there's a lot of real feelings that come from being in, in a virtual world. Especially if it's, you know, the, the more detailed and the more, you know, the better it is, the more real it's going to feel. And that's, that's kind of what you want in a, in a VR game. Yeah, her, her article brings up the point of where in the world of VR do we cite something as being uh, an assault? Because physically, she wasn't touched. And I know many, many proponents who would be uh, very adamant that it's, it wasn't an assault because nothing actually happened. There was no actual physical um, damage or harm done. But as she says in the story, you know, she felt violated emotionally and cognitively. There was damage done. And, you know, it reminds me a lot of individuals who have had limbs amputated. So they, they feel the pain, even though their limb isn't there. The commonly referred to as phantom limb pain. So the, the idea that your body is processing pain receptors for something that doesn't exist. So there's um, very real scientific foundations for someone to experience an event as physically real even if the physical isn't present. So the phantom limb is one example. So there's also the the rubber hand illusion or the rubber hand phenomenon where a person places their hands um, in front of them. One hand is on the table and one hand is underneath the table. For the hand that's underneath the table, let's say that that's the right hand. Instead, that hand's under the table. A rubber hand is then placed on top where their right hand would be if it was on the table. So for the person looking um, at their hands, they can see the rubber hand on the table, their left hand is on the table, and their, their actual right hand is underneath the table, if, that, uh, if you can visualize that. And what happens is that the experimenter or the magician will use a, uh, a brush or a stroke of some kind to stroke the left hand, the, one, the, the physical hand that's on the table, while also stroking the fake rubber right hand in the same pattern. And what happens is it's that's enough to convince the brain that the rubber hand is the real hand, even though the real right hand is underneath the table. And they are able to demonstrate this because at one point a Confederate comes in with an axe and smashes the rubber hand and people react as if it was their own hand that was being chopped off. So basically through this illusion, you're able to hijack the brain into thinking that the hand that you see is your actual hand even though it's not. Yeah, and hijacking is a good word because that's what VR is doing, right? It is designed for that. It is doing a great job. But then somebody coming in and, you know, harassing you in that system is is just taking advantage of, of you know, the system that's already in place that's working pretty well at that at that point. Um, b- before we go on, what, one, I had this, interesting uh, experience yesterday where I was at a at a party and we were all playing 
um, different VR games, and we were playing a horror game. Uh, they were doing the the Resident Evil demo that I've said that I, I will not do. They they played it, <laughs> and um, one person. Uh, had the helmet on and was playing the demo. And then there were maybe 10 other people in the room all watching it on the TV. And there's this one scene where it's it's mostly a jump scare, but somebody comes really close to you. I think they stab you. And everybody jumped. Some people screamed. Some people curled up. But nobody as much as the person who had the headset on, right? Mm-hmm. Because we could all see on the screen what was happening. And it was so interesting to to think that even even on a 2D screen, you can you can have a feeling, right? You can watch a, a scary movie and like have a feeling in the pit of your stomach or feel very uncomfortable about what's happening. And if you would have compared the experience of the people who were watching it on the TV yesterday versus the the person who had the headset on and had that person up in their face, you know, and come very very close to their body, it's it's not the same, right? That person's experience was. Um, elevated but everybody could share a little bit in it so again like it's it's just heightened it's a system that's designed like i like the word hijack right mm-hmm. um to 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 do that and and i kept thinking like after i saw that happen i was like oh i need to bring it up tomorrow because i think it's it's really relevant again just to to try to explain how like this shouldn't be this shouldn't be so difficult to understand right like we can all relate to some uh, part of it and and uh, and I think that a lot of the the maybe you know the the comments are really just it's just trolling you know really um, but th- there is definitely a lack of understanding of of what is going on. I think it's important to remember that all of our senses sight sound taste touch and to some extent smell all it is is just the interpretation of electrical impulses and I think that can help people understand what the VR experience is, is like, because I'm going to put, I'm going to put in a, in the show notes, this article that I saw yesterday about, uh, just like licking electrodes and having these, um, electrodes on your cheek can simulate different tastes for virtual reality. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. Goes to your point. Yeah, absolutely. And (laughs) so, I mean, that's how virtual reality works. It's just, it's changing the electrical impulses that are being sent to your visual cortex or to your your uh, sensory nerves. And so even though it's not real, quote unquote, and even though maybe cognitively in your higher functioning, you know that this is not real, the impulses that are being sent to your brain are real. The sensations that you're having, whether it's a scare, like in a, in a horror game, or, you know, the, the sexual assault, the feeling of violation that, that Jordan experienced, that is real. And so I, I think that's just really important to, to underscore as we go forward in, uh, you know, either in, in this conversation and even farther reaching conversations about the, the ethics and the, the rule of law in VR is that just because it's not a physical space doesn't mean that there are not real physical reactions and processes that are going on because you're in that space. Yeah. And again, it's it's the Wild West. Everybody's learning. The developers themselves said, wow, we like we didn't think of this. Okay. Right? So this this and is where yeah, I get is, on my soapbox. Yep. Yep. yep yeah. And you knew it. You knew it was coming because I am I was setting it up for you. Oh my gosh. I am so 
mad. I mean, one, we'll, we'll get into how they how they address the issue, and I, I am glad that they and it's a full the female issue. staff, right? I mean, <laughs> no, it's not. The two developers are both. Oh, okay. I, I see what you did there. Yep. You yep. wait until I get all riled up and I get all spicy, and then you trick me. So the the two developers said that they had. They'd already put something in place when it launched so that if someone put their hands too close to your face, the hands would disappear because they were able to understand that that might be uncomfortable. But they at no point apparently thought that someone putting their hands in other places could also be uncomfortable. Side note, they're both dudes. And I'm pretty sure you could have asked any woman, if they had talked to any woman, if there was any woman involved in this process that had any say at all, they could have told them that this was going to happen, that this was a very real thing that was going to happen. And I mean, to drive home the point, Jordan in her article said it took three minutes. Her her friend who she was playing with had played countless hours, never had a problem. But because her female voice went through the game, this person, big bro, 244 or whatever, knew she was a woman and went after her in the matter of, what, uh, 180 seconds. Like, that's all it took for this okay. to start. Good point. Uh, the bodies, both of their bodies were exactly the same. The only thing that gave him the idea to start doing that was, oh, she sounds female. Yeah. So that that's point number one. Developers, check your privilege. Seriously, if you had talked to any woman, she would have told you that this was a thing that was going to happen. So, and the, the fact that they knew that the hands to the face could be uncomfortable and took steps to prevent it. Like, come on, think. Well, think uncomfort- about someone other than yourselves. <laughs> uncomfortable makes it sound, I think, gives them more credit. Um, they, I think the way I read it was more like, well, it would have been annoying to the gaming experience. Like it would have been obstructive yeah. if you could block someone's view. Because they also mentioned that if you got an arrow to the head, um, it could potentially block your vision. So they mm-hmm. set it up so that it could disappear because you don't want your vision blocked. That would that would suck. That's not a way to play a game. So I don't right. think it was really uncomfortable. You know, it's just oh, like I can't see. Annoying. So let's make the hand disappear if if somebody tries to wave it in my face. So it wasn't it wasn't a comfort thing. Okay, you well, I, I will revise that. They're, yeah, they're way worse than <laughs> they were but way I, more blind than you thought. <laughs> I, I reemphasize really. Come on, seriously? Yeah. <laughs> really, you guys? Really? So, and then in the article that they that was written up about it, it uses the word proactive. Like, they proactively took these measures to prevent future harassment. Either the author doesn't know what the word proactive means, or they don't. Because um, yeah, this that, is that sounds a reactive to me. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a reaction to what happened, to something that is totally preventable. And then the other thing that really got me before we get into how they actually address the issue that just really grinds my gears is the authors said in their statement that as long as multiplayer player experiences exist, harassment like this is going to happen. And so you just need to give the harassee tools to deal with it. One, VR is a new space. There are no cultural norms. You have the extreme opportunity to set up a culture that does not tolerate harassment. Like it, this idea that boys will be boys or there's nothing you can do about it. It's the way it's always been is such a cop out. If you instantly and permanently banned every single person that engaged in that behavior, guess what? That behavior is going to stop or drop dramatically. So just don't even don't even come at me <laughs> with <laughs> this idea that, oh, it's just a thing that you're going to have to deal with. And why why is it that we think that women have to be responsible for protecting and patrolling their own bodies as opposed to someone not actively being an You know, why, why is it that 
it's on women to mitigate the behavior of men. And that goes beyond the digital space. But I'm saying at least in this VR space, there's a chance, there's an opportunity, a beautiful opportunity to put an end to this and to start a whole new culture around it. And they just completely miss it. I feel like these these guys just took a remedial um, hum- class on human beings and and the basics of behavior and somebody applauded them and they feel like super proud, but they yeah. don't realize that there are many, many levels behind where, you know, most people are probably, you know, because it's so hope. so freaking obvious, you know, and 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 ah, yeah, it does sound congratulatory. Like guys, like we did this, we proactively fixing, you're not proactively fixing. Sh-, right. And and yes, absolutely. Right. Like this is one of those glaring issues. Like you have to have people who at the very least are conscious about these issues. Even better if they're female and they know what it's like. You know, and you know, uh, no, no, no. A really easy way to get a woman's opinion: talk to a woman. <gasps> what? I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. It does. Oh man, yeah. It does. It does come across again. Like it's, it's so funny to read the article, and everybody's like, "Yeah, guys, like we we really did it." It's like you are way behind. Still, you are way behind. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what they're, 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 it's like they're applauding at Mission Control, and they just landed on the moon. And you're like, dude, we did that like 30 years ago. Why are exactly. you still? <laughs> Why exactly. Are you still exactly. Clapping? It's like, um, like I'm. I mean, I'm not a game developer, right? So, but 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 I am developing. Uh, you know, doing other to- types of coding, and there are all these things where I'm like, man, it would be great if I could do this or this or. Actually, I'll give you an even better example. The other day, I was sewing something. I was fixing something that was broken, so I was sewing it, and I was like damn it, you know what would be great? Uh, if I had something that I could cover my finger with because I keep fixing my finger. And in my mind, I invented the thimble. And then I, and then I felt like such an idiot after. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a thimble. Yeah. <laughs> I should probably use, just use a thimble. Yeah. That's, that's what's happening. <laughs> and I, I just, yeah. So and the, th- the thing that neither article addressed, and again, not so much on Jordan's because I don't think she could possibly know, but what happened to this guy who did the harassment? Yes. There's no mention whatsoever of, of if he served any kind of of punishment, and that they mentioned his tag over and over again. Yeah, Big Bro two four four or four four two, one of those. I think it's two four four. But yeah, like what what happened to him? Does he just get to run around scot free? And they even mentioned in the article uh, Jordan did that she left and she went to a different place, and he followed her. If that yeah. happened in the physical world, we would call that stalking. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah, so no no mention of what happened to him, probably because nothing did. And that is what perpetuates this idea that as long as multiplayer exists, harassment will exist. Well, it exists because you let it. So, I mean, they, they did take measures, reactionary measures, which is more than uh, a lot of game developers. And heck, until like last week, even Twitter didn't really do. They uh, developed something where if someone's hand... They, they applied the, the hand to the face fade out to the chest and genital areas. So that way you don't see somebody's hand coming at you and touching you in, uh, in your chest or, or your uh, genital area, which I guess is a good start. And they also made what they called like a superpower, which basically you when you trigger it, it makes the person uh, the persons around you invisible. And they can't see you either. So it's basically like you kind of wipe them off the map, which yeah. 
is nice, but then they're just going to go and do it to somebody else. So I still don't feel like it addresses the problem. And it also doesn't address the issue of what if you're playing with your friends? Have you now just wiped out your friends too? And they can't see you and you can't see them. Like it's, it's such a rudimentary lack of understanding that it, it is driving me up a wall. So, so let's go back to the, to how proactive they were not Right. Um, they read that they admit that they read the article. Right. They they made that they read that medium post, and immediately they decided to expand the personal bubble that was already around the face, which we mentioned before, which was designed to not obstruct your vision. They expanded that, so now to to the body. Right. <clears throat> and then there, I, I find this whole thing so interesting. Right. The the supposed. Um, order of, <laughs> of how they, they got to these different conclusions. So they did that and like, okay, now this is better, right? So the person's hand will disappear as they go into your personal bubble, right? But they made it optional, right? They made it, it was an option in the menu where you could turn it on or off. And I'm fine with that. I'm okay with, with that being an option. But then they said, we want to empower the harassee to, to be able to do this in a way that feels more empowering. So that's where they made like what they call the power gesture. And then and th- this is kind of cool. You go and you you uh with your, both of your controllers, you stretch your arms out forward, you pull both triggers and then you pull your hands apart. So the idea is like you're physically building a, a force field or something like that. And then it has this animation where it's like this energy bubble that goes out from where you are and it makes that person disappear and you disappear to them as if I believe they said you were being transported to another dimension. Yeah, you know, if only we could transport the harassers to another dimension, that'd be great. Yeah, so you're both still in the same place, but you are now you can't see each other, right? And then I can see how that is empowering and I see where they're coming from. They they wrote about how wouldn't it have been great if you um like if when you were bullied as a kid and the bully pushed you you suddenly became immovable right like they couldn't like they couldn't hurt you or if you could um swat somebody away with the flick of a wrist and that would feel very empowering etc cetera, etc cetera. again it's putting all of the responsibility on the harassee to to deal with that as it happens while you're still allowing the system to you're still allowing for all of that to happen within the the system. And you're right, there's no mention, I don't think there's any mention of that also flags them for harassment, that also, you know, there's a filter so it doesn't affect your 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 friends. Um there's all these other things where I get it and I I like it, but it's only part of the problem, you know? It it's a band-aid and it's not even a very good band-aid. It's a, it's a pretty crappy band-aid. <laughs> so I, I mean uh, yeah, yeah, I mean I again, I like it, but it, I don't deny that it is a band aid. But it doesn't like what does it what does it do? How does that stop that from happening again? How long does this bubble last? And what, how what weird gets... is it if we're on the same fucking team and now we can't see each other? And oh, it also cuts your mics off, so now we can't talk to each other. And what if it was a misunderstanding? What if I had pulled the the thing by accident? You know? Yeah, it's it, it's very apparent that it is a reactionary slapstick measure. There's not any yeah. thought about how it even impact. I'm sorry. There's no understanding of how it even impacts the play experience, much less, you know, the human being who is experiencing it, which 
apparently seems to be too high a bar for for these guys. And I know I'm coming across really harsh on them, but at the same time, there's no excuse. Like there again, there's absolutely no excuse for for this to happen and for them to seem as if they had no idea that this was a possibility. Because what gets me is after I read this article, I couldn't help but think if there was some kind of way I could simulate kicking a male character in his genitals and and that somehow would, you know, with, with the visual and everything and you would get the experience or the sensation of being kicked in the nuts. Do you know how fast they would fix that bug? Oh, yeah, really fast. Proactively really, fix it. Proactively, <laughs> really, really fast. And that I think that's what gets me is it it just continues this idea that women are so not a part of the space that even the most basic thing to for safety, or I guess even more the basic thing for safety is that you don't think there needs to be safety because everybody's just going to play nicely and play fine. And that, you know, that's probably their experience. Like Jordan said in her article, you know, her friends had played extensively and had absolutely no problems with anything. And it just goes to this, this bubble that, you know, male developers are developing for men because they don't have the experiences of what it's like to be a not man. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily possible, but again, just talking with a woman will do amazing things for you to be able to understand how your experience can, can be protective or might need to be protective. Um, if you want to have both people in your space and they, they sounded like they genuinely did. They, in the, the article that they responded to, they talked about how they were just like heartbroken. They, they read Jordan's article and were kind of like, please not us, please not us, please not us. And it was them. And they, they did seem genuinely upset and they did take measures. So I, I do give kudos for that. But it, it's kind of, it, it seems remedial. I guess that's the best word for it. Yeah. That and it, as a, as a Band-Aid, I think, again, I like it as a, a as far as band-aids go, I think it's good. And I think it's good that they decided we're going to open it up to other people. We're going to open source it. And they talk about, like, imagine a world where the power gesture was a universal um, gesture used in all VR games where anybody who felt disempowered or harassed could use it. Again, you're just, you know, now you're selling the band-aid to, to everybody. And this is, you know, to be to be fair, this is one very small developer with a very new game who's still figuring stuff out and decided to at least did something about it. I mean, this could have been, they could have just said like, we'll deal with it, you know, like, like other people, but I don't know how the, how the bigger companies are dealing with this. And I wonder if the reason why we don't see so many games where you are free to roam, right. With your new VR body um, are, are available are, are even out yet. I wonder how many companies are dealing with that in the background and haven't released more games that allow that, that even allow this to happen. Cause a lot of games are like, you're in a mech suit or you're in a robot or you have like this other thing, or you're alone, you know, like multiplayer games have, have people in vehicles or in some sort of pod where, where you, this just doesn't happen. And I wonder how many, how often has this come up? I would love to know, you know, from different developers and see how they're addressing it because this does shed a light on bigger issues in the gaming industry, but I do wonder how how it's actually being resolved by by AAA studios and, and bigger teams. 
I mean, if there's even a conversation going on at all, and again, I I don't know. True, true. I can't speak yeah, to true. other Yeah, true. I'm assuming that it's going well, but yeah, it may not be happening. I mean, at all. I, you're right. I know for myself as as a game developer, one of the classes I'm taking this semester is called Playful Cities, and it's all about playing games in physical spaces. And and to me, the most important thing when designing a game for a space where people come into contact with one another are, is the ethics behind it. Like, is it is it ethical to play a game where the people in the city don't know they're part of a game? Is it ethical to treat a human being as an NPC? And, and so these are really important questions that you need to ask yourself when you're developing a game. And even right now, on the game I'm des- designing for my capstone, I'm making a game about being a therapist in the style of Phoenix Wright. And I've had many, many like deep internal conversations with myself about the the efficacy and the ethicalness of representing therapy in a game. Uh, the yeah. game uses dogs instead of humans, so it's kind of a little bit more abstracted, which made it seem a little bit safer to do. But this morning I made a new character, and it's a real estate agent named Rocky, and he's a chihuahua. And I looked at my husband and was like, oh my gosh, is it is it racist to have a chihuahua? And he looked at me like, "What?" I'm like, well, you know, they they tend to to represent um like like Mexico. They're they're from Mexico, and you know, there's the association with Taco Bell. And is there any kind of association I'm missing between you know maybe Chihuahuas or or people from Mexico and like and real estate agents? And he just looked at me and was and was like, "No, I don't I don't think there is any connection between those things." And as silly as it sounds, like this is the kind of conversation and the kind of thoughts that you need to go through when you're creating an experience like this. That if people are going to care play. about not hara- uh, not making people feel uncomfortable or not offending people. If you care about being a decent yeah. human being, which yeah. apparently I do, so I'm glad I, I meet that criteria. Um, but yeah, I mean, these are conversations I'm having by myself. I can't imagine having more than one person working on this and these kinds of things going completely unchecked. I saw an example of, what was it? There's a Dead or Alive game, right? Where I don't know, I don't actually know if it's a game or if it's a demo, I forgot. Where you can like touch women's breasts in the game, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's very different. So if you're selling, you know, um, fondle virtual breasts in, in, you know, fondle digital breasts in VR, you know, and there's a market for that, right? Sell that, that's fine, right? But it's different than, that's very different than, hey, come and get your digital breasts fondled without your permission in VR. And and nobody told you, you know, and you're in the game and then suddenly, I don't know, there's, like, if they, if they wanted to turn off the power gesture and all that stuff off, I mean, do we, do we, Will we start to see warnings about things that are going to happen? Because this is new or things that can happen. Just like I completely understand that at the beginning of uh, like when you you play a game, it has a rating. But then when you go into the online experience, it's like, listen, we can't like there's no rating for online because we can't guarantee Mm -hmm. what's going to happen. And and that that assumes, um, you know, I think from like. Teabagging to to the the language that is being spoken and things like that, right? And but there's a, we're we're far enough along where we understand that, right? That that if we're playing with a game that has microphones enabled, there's the possibility you're going to hear something that you do not like. But I think that that is so far away from, hey, somebody can come into your personal space and totally do things with their hands that are not okay in the real world. They have no gameplay mechanic. 
in our game, and they're just um, they're just obscene. And and then developers are going to have to, and they will, right? And they are making a decision. We are either allowing this type of thing to happen or not. And then I think there's a communication, you know, has to be communicated because you may be a person that wants that to be a possibility in your game, right? And and allow that and communicate it and then that's okay. But if there has to be like multiple stages of it, right? Like even in that in that case, then that's like a whole other world, right? There's Quiver VR triple X, right? And that's the one where people can, you know, do whatever they want in this version of the game. But then yeah, what's, w- where's where's the other part of it? Like like you said, like what happens to the person who does it and it's against the code of ethics or against the rules or like what is what is going on? Does that person get banned? What happened to that player? Do they get flagged? Can I flag them? Can I report them? Can I send a video of that? Who does that go to? Are people going to want to deal with that? There's there's all of these pieces to it, right? Because like every game doesn't have to be. I don't believe that every game has to be a safe uh, a safe space, quote unquote. Unless like like you may want to go into a game where anything can happen, right? And mm-hmm. then that's a game that you design, and that's okay. But when you go into Quiver, it's a tower defense game, right, with bows and arrows. It's not a tower defense game with bows and arrows and who knows what else. And groping. <laughs> and groping, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to the just a very basic, basic concept of consent. You know, when I'm picking up this game, I expect to experience the game that is portrayed, a tower defense game with a bow and arrow. Like, that is the experience that I am anticipating. And if there are ex- experiences that could be considered um, upsetting, like I would definitely say this is an ex- upsetting experience. I think it qualifies as assault. You know, I think people need to have an informed, people need to be able to make an informed decision. So in the same way that games right now have ratings on them, and they say, you know, gore or nudity or language, at least you know going in that it's a possibility. And whereas with Jordan's story, it was not something that she wanted. It was not something that she had anticipated. And there was absolutely no indication in her experience that would suggest this was even something that that might happen or that could be allowed to happen. And I think that's kind of the 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 worst part of it is that feeling of you aren't in con- you're not in control. You're not able to protect your own space, your own body. And you're in an environment where you thought you should be safe. And I think that's that's what makes it even worse is you thought you were in a safe space and it turns out that you're you're not. There's a lot of um, kind of betrayed trust that goes along with something like that. So they did mention the idea of maybe maybe games in the future will have a label that says, oh, power gesture enabled, right? So that you know, oh, well, at least that means I can... I can I can do that right or I can that's like muting other players essentially right like oh um, I can I can have that uh, that's again that's that's a band aid but I think I think as far as band aids go it's a good one on the opposite end and this is probably a whole other long conversation that I'm sure you have a lot to say about I know you do mm-hmm. um, is is you know on that back end like what happens if i report somebody what what is the follow up i was thinking about something like minecraft which when it started was just 
notch, right? It was like just one guy or a very small team making a game. And if a kid drew a giant penis and another kid walked into the game and they told their parents, like what recourse did the parents have to report that or do anything about it? And what would the two or three people who made the game be able to do? Versus now, I I wonder how how much of that is allowed um, in like a public game, or maybe it's okay. But if someone wanted to complain, I'm sure you know Microsoft has a huge um, you know team to to be able to to the whole customer service center, right? To take complaints like that and do something about it. And but what happens with smaller games like this? What happens if your Chihuahua offends an entire three countries? Like, <laughs> are you going to take those emails and those calls? Right. Like it's it's like how how are those things like have you even thought about that? Like when you had that cover that that part, um, like that conversation with your husband about like, well, I wonder like I don't wanna am I am I missing a clearly obvious racial insult here and I just want to make sure that I'm not doing that, right? And you're obviously not doing it on purpose, so you wanna make sure you're not missing anything and and but what if what if you do miss something? What if somebody wants to complain? Like what is, or that you have you covered that in your program at all? Is that like way beyond like high level, like way uh, beyond <laughs> this level of development? I think it's I think it's beyond the level, but I also think it's an important thing to to keep in mind. If if I miss something, and again, I totally acknowledge that I have blind spots. Because that's one of the nice things that you learn in doctor school or, or in therapy school is that you as a clinician are going to have blind spots. And so be aware that you're going to have blind spots. And if I missed something, then I would I would change it. Like, I don't I don't see a problem with that. Um, of course, if someone starts saying that, you know, using beagles as a therapy animal is inhumane or I mean, there's there's definitely levels I guess. Uh, is Have a, you considered the PETA involvement with your? <laughs> I, I hadn't, portrayal? but you know that's that's not a, that's not a bad idea. But I, I guess the the best way to answer it is, is play testing. Like I, well, as soon as this is something stable, I'm obviously going to share it with Josue, and I'm going to send it to uh, a lot of people to play test and ask not just for like copy editing and, and games and bug fixes, but like experientially, what was the game like? And um, I've already had some people play test it. And so far, so good. You know, one of my biggest things is, is, is there too much psychobabble about these specific defense mechanisms? And I'm like, no, no, it seems good. It seems on point. And, you know, of course, I'll want, you know, clinicians to look at it and to make sure that it's accurate. So just I think getting I think a lot could be helped by getting a lot of eyes on the on the game before you release it to a public, even in an alpha phase, I think that there needs to be a lot of internal testing. Um, again, not just for bugs, but for for context and for um, emotions and touchy feely stuff. Well, I would argue that a pre-alpha on green light is that to an extent, right? Like if you're an independent developer, you're making it in your spare time. You you put this out, and that's what you're doing that for, right? It's not a full release game, and you can. I don't disagree with falling back on the fact that, listen, it's pre-alpha. We're figuring it out. That's not the game that we intend to release. Uh, that's not our final release. This is a work right. in progress. Um, there was – yeah, th- there's there's multiple examples of that, right? And we're going to see that more and more as more games start being released to the public as pre-alpha, right? <laughs> because um, there, there was one recently – I forgot the name where it was uh, – there were all these relationships that you could do with your characters on a spaceship – and 
and someone looked through the code of the, of the alpha version and found that there was a huge the way they described it was like oh there's a huge bias towards same sex relationships and 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 it's harder for you on the ship if you have um no no I'm sorry it's uh Heterosexual relationships uh, had it easier than if you had a same-sex relationship. And, you know, the response from the developer was like, listen, I'm still writing this code. Like, I'm, I started with what I, I knew and I started with, like, a general template and it's a work in progress. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, there was, no, there was no commentary involved. It's just where the game was at at that point. Like, all of that is constantly changing. And... You know, developers watch out. Like this is, these conversations are gonna keep are gonna keep happening. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't think you know. It's obviously I don't expect uh, developers to change something every single time that someone has a bad experience in a game or disagrees with a chihuahua. Like that's that's also unrealistic, and that can happen months after when you're already in another project. Like there's all these things that are going to happen. There's also like I see every point there you know like well you don't if this is the type of game that it is and that's what we're standing by um you know you don't you don't have to play it if you don't want to but what if you do and you didn't expect it like there's all these different i understand every single piece of the uh, every single argument and and i think that just at, at the core the fact that you can have a feeling of sexual assault or harassment Feeling someone's hand come close to you in a very uncomfortable way, especially something we didn't mention. Um, one of the one of the conversations. I don't remember which article it was. Talked about the author of the original post, and they said that she had been sexually assaulted three times. Right. So now, like, I can talk about sexual assault uh, in in all these sense in in in, in this way without. But I've never had that happen. In real life. So I don't have a, it's not a trigger for me. It's not causing me to relive an old experience. It's not a feeling that I'm familiar with, even though I have felt uncomfortable in games in different ways. I I can't really relate to that experience. This is someone who absolutely could relate to that experience. Like she, it's happened to her in real life. And this was a feeling that felt like that, right? So there's a lot of, um, I don't want to say like credibility, but it's a valid, it's a super valid argument. And it's something that most people who are commenting on this don't completely understand, right? Like the, and the closest that I've gotten to being sexually harassed in a video game is I, I, I usually play female characters in games just for the, because like the psychologist and scientist in me like wants to observe what happens, Right? and see how people react to my character. And the, the strangest thing that has ever happened is like I'm dancing in Destiny and two guys got like in front of me and behind me and started dancing too, which felt weird. And that's a third-person experience, and I'm a guy. and But that's the closest I can possibly get to it in this conversation, right? But you're talking about somebody whose their, who their point of view is extremely valid, and lots of people share that experience. And trust them and the other people who are talking about this that when – that that feeling is not good in real life and it's not good in the virtual world. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, it to me, I understand it's, you know, pre-alpha and whatnot, but God, if you had just, just thought of someone not like you, if you had taken two seconds to think about designing the game from the perspective of someone else, in this case, specifically a woman, 
that's all it would have taken. I think it would have been, I think it would have been very apparent. Or if they had, you know, talked to a woman <laughs> who had played this game and not waited to find out about this happening in, in an article on, on media. Like, I think that's what, that is what gets me the most is that it, the blind spots are still so huge when there's really no reason for it. I mean, the, Again, the idea to, that the idea that a woman would be harassed in a digital space is not something that's new. It's not revolutionary. Um, again, and, I, I again, and, I'm a biased. Yeah, and to us, this is something that seemed very obvious. It's not to a lot of people, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation because there's – I. I get people trying to do something. I don't. I don't have an answer, but it's it's fascinating to see their thought process. It's it's interesting to see the issues that are coming up um, in VR now. Right? And this is this is kind of what we what we've been expecting for a while. Once once VR gets in the hands of people, um, what what are people? You know, what, what are they going to say? What are they going to feel? specifically which is honestly what I'm what I'm most fascinated about now and it's not all going to be positive and this is just one of those negative um things which when I talked about Batman Arkham VR a few weeks ago I talked about how the the fact that you're witnessing a murder right in front of you in the in the opening scene of the game through the eyes of a child and there's no warning or context or anything for that I felt I I still think that there's a, a a bigger conversation to be had, and I wonder how many people cared once they once they saw that. But I I it, it's very troubling to me. I, I think the last thing I'll just say on this is that you know VR is a new frontier, and there's not like a best practices, there's not a rule book. But whenever you're in a space like that where you are creating the rule book, I don't think there's any time where having an awareness of ethics is more important. You know, if you're out there creating something new, it's your responsibility to think about how it's going to be used. You can't anticipate everything that humans are going to do because we're humans and we're unpredictable. But in a space where there there are no rules and there are no laws, I think it's it is imperative that we think about the the ethical and the the moral implications of what of what we're doing might be and if you decide to go ahead with it then that's fine but like with these guys the obviously the conversation never happened like the, this idea of, of what could happen never came up otherwise i'm pretty sh- i feel confident that they would have they would have addressed it um so i i that's yeah that's my piece Whew, that's that that was that was a conversation I told Lots you I was of... going to get spicy. I told you. And oh, you no. I, I know. You I know. I couldn't, I couldn't wait. Yeah. I'm I do not apologize for, for my spice. No, never. Never. <laughs> and for more spice. <laughs> 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 um, we're at headshotspodcast.com, at headshotscast on Twitter. Kelly is Kelly and Dunlap on Twitter. I am Josue A. Cardona on Twitter. And every two weeks, we will continue to bring you more talks and mind-blowing insights. It's the headshot of uh, psychology and gaming.